In Matthew, if you will, chapter 1, verse 21. Matthew 1, verse 21. This will be my opportunity to preach a Christmas message. Yay. Uh, <clears throat> what is Christmas? Matthew 1, 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. What is the meaning of Christmas? Television interviewer was walking the streets of Tokyo at Christmas time, and you think it's a big deal over here, you should see it over there. Much as in America, it's commercial, it's about the holiday, it's about selling things. And the interviewer stopped a young lady on the street and asked the question, what is the meaning of Christmas? Uh, laughing and responding, you know, as a young person might, uh, she said, uh, I don't know, is that when Jesus died? There is some truth to that, isn't there? That he came to this world to die for us. That was his intent, to become a sacrifice. What she meant as a joke is really, I think, an insight and in that there is actually some truth in that answer. When you look at the book of Matthew and you read about the birth of Jesus, we read that before Mary and Joseph had come together to consummate their marriage, the Bible says Mary was found with child. And she was found with child, the Bible says, of the Holy Spirit. It was something that God did. And because Joseph was a righteous man, he did not want to expose Mary. It wasn't something he was trying to embarrass her or make a big deal about. But he had, the Bible said, thought to put her away quietly through divorce. You know the story and how the angel appears unto him in a dream and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived of her is from the Holy Spirit. And then what the angel said next is what I would like to consider briefly in the evening service that we have together tonight. And it's these words again. She will give birth to a son. You are going to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. I think when we consider Christmas and we think about it, pardon me, <coughs> we need to recognize how the world sees Christmas when we try to define for us and the world what Christmas is. In the world, you see a number of signs about what Christmas means. In a, in a toy store, you might see a sign that says, ho, 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 spoken here. You know, anything that highlights the fact of Santa and selling things. Or maybe in a boutique store, you would see uh, the words uh, for a bride who's gone in, Merry Christmas, <laughs> you know, M-A-R-R-Y. They'll play on the fact of what that word means. Or outside maybe a church, the original Christmas club, like a bank has a Christmas club. We play on words. In a department store, it'll be big, big pre-Christmas sale. Come in and mangle with the crowds. We joke about that, and we see that at Christmas, but that's the way it is many times. Saw a sign for a jewelry store in Texas, Tierra's $70,000, three for 200000 You know, so... You know, what is Christmas to people but getting things and selling things? How many people have stopped in a Christmas season to ponder the true meaning of Christmas? And do we really know if they understand outside of these walls what Christmas is? <coughs> Pardon me. 
I think sometimes it's easier to get a definition of a word uh, or concept by looking at what it is not. When we think about what Christmas is not, maybe we get a better idea of what Christmas is. First of all, what Christmas is not, I think we think a few things. First, it's not a spirit. It's not a spirit. How many times have you heard uh, the spirit of Christmas? or enjoy the spirit of Christmas, or, or look to the spirit of Christmas, or think about the spirit of Christmas. We hear about this on the radio and television and read it in the newspaper, the spirit of Christmas or the Christmas spirit. And then they proceed to tell us what that spirit is. Is it love? Is it joy? Is it generosity? Is it being kind, doing nice things? Is it peace on earth? You see things like this. I think at this time you were flooded with movies on television to emphasize the things about the spirit of Christmas, whatever that is. Now, I don't want to suggest that there's no place for love or joy or generosity in this time of year. I apologize. <coughs> I've worked all day on medicine and it's just not happening. Tell the doctors that if I have to strap myself to the pulpit, that's what's going to happen today because I'm going to finish this out. Now, I think, again, they don't suggest that those words aren't appropriate for Christmas. They are. But I do want to say that these things are not a definition of what Christmas is. It's not spirit. Christmas is not a spirit. It's not about those individual words. It's about something more. I think second, uh, Christmas is not a sentiment. It's not a feeling. Some people associate uh, fond memories or traditions with Christmas. I mean, I do. I'm sure you do. You remember growing up. I remember as a child a fond memory, again, of going with my grandparents off on their property and cutting down a Christmas tree and dragging it back to the house and decorating it. You know, I, I remember that. I remember them doing that with me. It's a fond memory. It's a sentiment. But it's not Christmas. It's not what Christmas is about. I mean, those things are okay in their place, but it's not the core meaning of what Christmas is. I think third, Christmas is not the giving and the receiving of gifts. We've come to make it that. It's what the world looks at when we think of Christmas. It certainly is what television is this time of year, isn't it? In the magazines and everything that we get, we're bombarded even now on the phone with ads for sales, for things to buy, for presents, for people, for Christmas. If it's not too difficult if that's not easy enough then to make it less difficult amazon even puts a list up so that you can pick out your own presents and people can go to it and find what you want to get given but it's not about presents not about giving i think people work many many uh, days leading up to christmas to plan on what to give the people in their family some of us still have enough child in us to want certain things you know if somebody asks us what we want for christmas i'm sure you have an answer it's just the way we are and what it is this time of year but no matter how hard i think we try to decommercialize christmas and not make it that uh, it it seems that the world wants to push that they'll say you know christmas is for children and so children need gifts and so let's let's buy them gifts of course who, who wants to rob a child of a gift? It's not wrong to exchange gifts at Christmas. There's nothing bad about that. But the giving and the receiving of gifts is not what Christmas is about. Okay. 
if that's not it, then what is Christmas about if it's not about those things? Well, think with me for a moment what Christmas is. The word Christmas is made up of two words, Christ and Mass, Christmas, Christmas. When you go to the original word, it was a religious service commemorating the birth of Christ. That's really initially what it was for. It's a celebration of the birth of Jesus. We go back and we think about what it did and how it did that. That word tells us what it was for. Interesting, the church didn't start celebrating the birth of Jesus until about the 4th century. Uh, Many people suggest that December 25th was a day that was picked because it was part of a pagan festival. Uh, uh, The sun god, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, history can allude to that. Maybe there were some other things going on. But you get the idea that for many centuries there wasn't a Christmas like you and I think of Christmas. One reason, when you think of shepherds abiding in the field, um, they didn't do that in winter. (laughs) That's not when they did it. So we probably are off somewhere, shape or form, when Jesus was actually born. So Christmas, though, is a celebration of the birth of Christ. It's a, a memorial. It's a commemoration of him coming to earth. You might ask, why do we go to so much trouble to celebrate the birth of a baby 2,000 years ago? Why, why is that so important? It is important because of the word of God. Why? What it says there in Matthew. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus was no ordinary baby, was he? We've had a lot of babies born here recently. Everybody would agree they're not ordinary. They're special. There are are babies. Uh, They're your grandchildren. They're your children. And you look to those and you think of that. I remember when our children were born and the circumstances underneath their births and all of them were special to us. There's no doubt about that. But Jesus wasn't an ordinary baby. In fact, he was an extraordinary baby. He was different than anyone who had ever been born. You could even go on to say that he was a supernatural baby. You think of all the comics and the movies that are about those who are born with special powers in this world, like the Superman when he was a baby and how strong supposedly he was. But yet Jesus holds the whole of creation in his hands, created, sustained by his power. He is an extraordinary child. He was supernatural in many different ways. First of all, when you think he was supernatural in the way in which he was conceived. We read that passage of scripture and we look before in Matthew and what uh, Joseph was told is that the Holy Spirit overshadowed her, it says. And there in her womb, she came to be pregnant. We don't understand that mystery. I don't know that we ever will until we stand before God. But we know it's what the scripture says. That he was conceived in that way, not in a normal way, in a supernatural way. I think second, we think about Jesus being supernatural, is that he had two natures. The Bible tells us very clearly that he was fully human and fully divine. How can that be? I don't know. I just know what it says. That he was all human, that he could be here, born here, have a body that he could sacrifice for you and I, and yet somehow he was still all God, 
still had all that power and all that ability, but he, as we saw this morning, held it meekly, held it under power. He did not distribute. He could have done many things, but he, he only did those things which drew attention to the fact of who he was. He didn't lord it over those, but he used the power that he had to show who he was that people might believe. I think thirdly, he was supernatural in that he never sinned. That's certainly supernatural, isn't it? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God except Jesus. That's supernatural. Unlike any other person who's ever lived or ever will live, he never sinned. He was tempted, the Bible says, in all manner, just like us. He still felt the temptations that you and I feel. We looked back at Satan coming to him and, and doing all the temptations with him that he did. And, and Jesus did not give in to that. Remember at the end of that, it says the angels came and ministered to him. It was a real struggle. I think it's that why it's important to remember that happened after his trials and temptations with Satan. You could say, well, he was God and he really, really wasn't tempted. But he still had that physical body that you and I have and he was tempted. And it was a real struggle. It was not playing. It was not faking. He went through every struggle that you went through, yet without sin, that's supernatural. I think most of all, he was supernatural in this fact, that he came to save his people from their sins. That's supernatural. You could not save yourself. I could not save myself. I couldn't live up to what God expected for a person to be holy enough to walk through the gates of heaven. But Jesus was. And he came so that you and I could be saved. One problem that we cannot solve is sin. I can't solve it. You can't solve it. But Jesus solved that problem. I think the reason Jesus was born was to take care of the problem of sin, and that's why he came to earth. That's why that lady's answer so flippantly that he came the day he died is really more true than she realized. He did come to die for you and me on the cross. If you read your Bible, you find that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. The reason Christmas is so meaningful in so many ways is to know that Jesus died to pay from our sins. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to have to abbreviate what I'm doing. I just cannot, and I apologize. So we're going to jump to a conclusion here quickly. This Christmas, I want to remind you that Christmas is a celebration of of the birth of a supernatural baby, Jesus. Not an ordinary baby, an extraordinary baby, a supernatural baby. Jesus was born to save his people from their sins. When you and I think about Jesus, how is it that Jesus saves people from our sins? Some of the last things I want to ever leave with a church or with a service is to tell somebody how to be saved. Amen? How is it that I can accept what Jesus did for me? First of all, the Bible says that Jesus only saves people who acknowledge they are sinners in need of a Savior. We have to acknowledge that we are sinful and that we need someone to save us and that someone is Jesus. He is the only one who can save us from our sins. 
If you're to be saved by Jesus, you have to believe that you're a sinner. You must admit that you have sin, and you must turn to Jesus and say that. I am a sinner, and I need you. I need you to save me. Think secondly, Jesus only saves people who place their trust in him alone to forgive them. It's not Jesus plus anything, right? Through what? Faith alone. Through grace alone. Through his sacrifice alone. It's not me trying to turn my life around and be a little better. I'll come to Jesus when I, whatever, you know, stop this, quit that, get better at. It's not the way it works. The Bible says that you must believe only in Jesus and not in yourself or anyone else. There's no one that stands between me and Jesus. There's not a priest between me and Jesus. There's not a religious figure between me and Jesus. There's not someone telling me how that I approach Jesus. It's him, Jesus, telling me how to approach him, himself. There's one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. So if you want eternal life, you have to go to Jesus. So what then? What is it that Christmas means? We read John 14, 3. It says, he descended that we might ascend. You look at John 3, 3. He was born that we might be born again. You look at Galatians 4, 6 through 7. He became a servant that we might become the sons of God. In Matthew 28, 20, he was forsaken that we might not be forsaken, but accepted John 5, 24, he died that we might live. 1 Thessalonians 4, he came down, and I pray this is great, that we might be caught up. And one day you and I will be caught up together with him. And the Bible says, and so what shall we ever be with the Lord? So this Christmas, don't get confused about the meaning of Christmas. There are a lot of things that go along with the celebration of Christmas. Most of them are okay, and it's fine, and they're fine in their place. But essentially, Christmas is a celebration of the birth of a supernatural baby that came to save his people from their sins. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you today and ask you to be with us, to help us to recognize the need for salvation in Jesus alone. Nothing I can do can earn my salvation. I can't be good enough. I can't live long enough. I can't give enough. I can only turn to you. So as we start this Christmas season, as we think toward the day that we'll celebrate his birth, remind us who he is for us and who we are only in him. We only become the sons of God and the children of God in the fact that we accept him as Savior and Lord. We pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much.